Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, how to avoid reverse delegation. Here we go. We got to start this guidance with a, uh, a first, a caveat. When's the last time we ever had a caveat to our recommendations? Well, that's the whole point. It's a first. We've <laughs> never done it before. <laughs> to start immediately with a caveat is a little, little unlike us. A little unlike us, but we're going to do it anyways. We know there are times, folks, when you're going to want to do a favor for a direct. We know it's natural and normal for you to make a call on their behalf or sketch out verbally how you would structure a deck or intercede with a difficult client, right? We understand all that. No problem here. Right. But what we're talking about here is avoiding the natural tendency to, quote unquote, take back some of what you just assigned them. When we just delegated something and they want some help, it's not effective to offer to do part of their work. We know you're a nice guy. We know you're a nice lady. Yeah. But... (laughs) This is not the time to be nice. There are other ways to be nice. We don't recommend you do it this way. Yeah, and I think what most of us do is, well, I know I have. Let's let me put it that way. I know I have felt the sense from the direct that they're being overburdened or they're being asked to do too much. Not necessarily that it's too much amount of work. It's just something that'll be too hard for them. And they feel risk. They feel uncomfortable. And we feel if you'll pardon the expression, at fault for being the one that d- that does that to them. And if we care about our directs, or even if you don't care about your directs terribly much, you feel responsible, they feel at risk, and you were doing everything just yesterday, why wouldn't you say, oh, okay, I'll do that part right now? You know, it'll make me feel a little bit better. It'll let them leave with 95% of the loaf rather than the whole loaf. And a little bit less work for them makes them feel a little bit better. But the whole point of it is this is absolutely the wrong time. At the same time that we feel the most responsibility or regret or risk or frustration or whatever that we're we're asking them to do something and that they're doing they're gonna have to do more work for a short period of time until they accommodate this new level of work. At the same time that that we're doing that and we feel guilty about it is exactly the time not to do it because the direct now owns the task or the responsibility. And as you'll see, it makes it easier, in fact, for you and for them, not in terms of how many tasks each of you have, but it makes it easier for you and them in the long run if you'll just say no in this critical moment. So we should call this cast our uh, nice person instinct suppression cast. (laughs) Oh, okay. I was going to call it the just say no cast. Just say no cast. Yeah. So we've got three recommendations for how to say no. It's really simple. Uh, This is probably an oversimplification, but people ask us all the time, what do I say? What do I do? So the first one is say, no, you can do that. Our second recommendation is say, no, it's better for you to do it and actually to mess it up than it is for me to do it right now that it's your responsibility. And third, tell them that them doing it and you not doing it is the whole point of the delegation to begin with. And so, therefore, obviously, taking something back defeats the purpose of the delegation to begin with. Good. Now, I think there's an important concept to grasp here. And tell me if I got this right, dude. When the drag asks to be helped, 
it's not just about lightening of their workload, right? They're sending a kind of a distinctly different message. They're sending you a message that it's you and them together sharing the responsibilities. And that's a change, isn't it? Yeah, I think that for most directs, it's simply a little bit of risk reduction and you essentially taking back some of the risk of the obligation or the responsibility. I mean, telling somebody you're now going to have responsibility for what used to take me three or four hours a week, or maybe even more than that, let's say five hours a week, I'm delegating it to you. It's going to be yours permanently. Or even if I'm just assigning work and it's new work and they want to ask us to do something to make it a little bit easier. The idea that you making a phone call or you doing one thing for them is a fundamental lightening of the load is really not accurate. They pick out something that would be harder for them that would have greater risk of failure or something that's new for them, which of course therefore would be harder or have greater risk. And they ask you to do it. But the whole point, as we'll talk about later of them doing it is the risk and them learning how to do it. And having them learn less while you do more, again, defeats the purpose. Look, they want to share the responsibilities together, right? It's all about sharing responsibilities. But they're not saying, I want to share the tasks. I mean, really, yes, they're asking you to do a task. And yes, of the 50 tasks that they're going to do, you're doing a couple of them. But really, it's not about sharing tasks. Because, of course, they're not sharing tasks. You're doing some and they're doing some. But what they're talking about is sharing the responsibilities. And that's where the problem is, right? Yeah. And that's not what we want. What we want is them to have complete, utter, total, perfect, unqualified, unmitigated, unabridged responsibility. First, for the responsibilities themselves, all of them. And second, the tasks associated with this obligation. And I think the mistake that people make, and I, I, I see this a lot in terms of how people see delegation, is I think a lot of directs labor under the false assumption, the false understanding that by giving us some tasks, we're sharing the responsibility. But fundamentally, that can't be so. It's just wrong. And, and the reason why is because we already have responsibility for the tasks, and so do they. This is something that I think people misunderstand that when I'm, if I delegate to Mike, then uh, it, responsibility passes from me to him. No, it doesn't. Some managers believe that when we assign work to our directs, we assign them sole responsibility. But the delegation or assignment of work does not transfer responsibility with it. It'd be nice if it did, but it doesn't, unfortunately. Yeah. But what's interesting about it is I think a lot of people, a lot of managers go, ah, I see. I don't transfer responsibility. They're, they're doing the task, but it's my responsibility. No, mm, that's, that's not either. the point. Yeah, it's not that the task goes to them and they have to do it, but you're still responsible. Task delegation or assignment of a task merely conveys the task to them. But what it does is it extends the responsibility. Responsibility actually grows when you delegate because you're still responsible, Mr. or Ms. Manager, but now so are they. This is just like the information theory of life as opposed to the economic theory. In the economic theory, if I have a dollar and I give you a dollar, then you have a dollar and I don't. Okay, You could make a case that that's one form of a zero-sum game. But information theory says when I have some information and then I give it to you, 
I still have it. You now also have it. And what's more, the amount of information in the world has just increased because now not only do you and I both know the thing, I know you know it and you know I know it. Information theories implies a world of abundance that sharing more creates more. And delegation of responsibility is like the information theory in that we have responsibility. And when we assign something to our directs, they have responsibility as well. And your directs would believe it's a, it's a theory of abundance too. Like I just have an abundant amount of work because you're delegating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So when our directs want us to do something to quote, share responsibility in their mind, they're barking up the wrong tree, right? They can't help us share responsibility because we never lost responsibility. We only extended it to them. So let's not help directs learn the wrong lesson. Don't let them think that you doing something somehow keeps you in the responsibility loop because you can be responsible for something uh, at the top. Everybody's responsible for everything and they're not doing anything related to some of the tasks that are happening four or five levels down. Our directs can't keep us in the responsibility loop and in that way somehow reduce their risk because we're never out of the responsibility loop. So again, don't let them learn a bad lesson. When they ask you to do something small or big, when you're assigning them work, simply say no. Say no, you can do that. It kind of feels a little brusque though, that phrase. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I don't. I wouldn't argue with somebody that there are some people who would say, wow, that seems kind of harsh. We respect that, the feeling that some people would have. I mean, we're not saying you're wrong at all. But I think if you're feeling that way, that's, that's uh, I don't want to say it's wrong, but I would say it's probably a little short-sighted. You may want to help. Right now, I'm doing air quotes in front of the, the microphone. You may want to help your direct but you're sending them a message that they need help. And look, by the way, they can't argue that they don't actually need it because if they do, surely you'd be smart enough to say, okay, you do it then, right? I mean, if they need to do it, then you would want them to do it. So therefore, they're needing your help because they're uncomfortable about what it is they're going to do. The point of delegating something to a direct is to say, I trust you. And I trust you to do this well enough the first time, and it's better for you to do it poorly than for me to do it at all. And we'll come to that a little bit later. It's a simple case where I decided that you can do this and you can do it well enough. The moment I start taking stuff back is the moment I'm saying, apparently you and I disagreed and I did my analysis wrong or you're not as capable as I thought you were. And if we're not going to argue that, then if Mike delegates something to me and I ask for his help, basically I'm saying I can't do it all. Well, I, a director would argue, no, I'm not saying I can do it all. It'll just be easier for you. Yes, we already know it's easier for me. I've been doing it for a while. Or I'm your boss and I know how to do a lot of your job and I could do this part. So therefore, yes, it's by definition, it's true. It would be easier for me. So let's not break the thing up into small little bits, component parts, and say, this part would be easier for you, but this rest of it would be easier for me. And there would be people who would also argue, well, maybe we should have them learn a bit at a time. Do you know, there's a lot of science which says that assigning things wholly actually works better, and you don't want to assign things in part because then there's coordination to be done, and you don't get a lot of benefit, but they get all the risk. 
And over and over and over again, what we've learned, and I'm sure thousands, tens of thousands of you have learned as well. You're worried about delegation. You delegate something. You don't take something back. And the direct does it. And they discover they're probably just fine at it. They're not perfect, but they're thrilled that you trust them. And of course, the opposite is true. If you don't delegate, and I can assure you, folks, so many of you are in this boat and we really want to get you past it. But if you're thinking your directs aren't good enough, I promise they think you don't trust them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a hard thing to say. And uh, I, I don't mean to be rude, but gee whiz, you, you, if you think you're doing them a favor, I promise you there's a part of them that wonders why you're doing everything. And by the way, for many of you, why you're complaining about your workload when they're willing to help. Yeah, you have to go over the hump of them doing it and not doing it well. But your boss does that with you all the time and you do fine. And you're not that much different than your directs. That's right. I mean, my favorite example of this is if I were delegating to Mike, Mike saying to me, hey, Mark, would you call, you know, uh, Wendy, your peer, right? Would you, you know, make that phone call, right? Um, the direct says, hey, I'd appreciate a small favor. Would you make that call to, to Wendy, your, your buddy, your peer for me? Uh, one less thing for me, for me to do. He didn't even know I exist. He's your buddy. It'll be easy for you to do. And again, the, the threshold is really low for me to pick up the phone and say, sure, I'll do that for you. But again, if that's part of the responsibility, you're not doing anybody any long-term favors by saying, oh, sure, I'll take one of those tasks off of you. Right. Because of course, next time, next time I need help with Wendy, right? I'm going to go to you again and again and again and again, and I'll never learn how to do it. Yeah. We're recommending that you resist uh, the whole point of asking your directs to step up when you delegate is to have them step up. The point of delegation is to get them to do things that are easier for you, but harder for them. Don't start the delegation by taking back things right away just because they're easier for you. Of course, they're easier for you than them. That's the point. <laughs> so just say, no, you can do that. If it helps in terms of the breastness that might challenge me on, I think appropriately, say, I trust you. It'll be okay. Or if you want, if you want to go further and say, if you mess it up, it's okay. That's why I'm delegating it to you. So you can mess it up with me overseeing it. You mentioned that um, when delegating something, it's, it's very possible or even likely that you're able to do it better and more efficiently than your direct. So to some folks go like, wow, why would I delegate something that I can do better and do faster? Right. And there's whole managerial economics that we don't need to go into, but there are lots of reasons why you do that. And so it's okay. Based on what you said earlier, it's okay to say it's better for you to do it and mess it up than for me to do it right. Yeah. And if you're willing to delegate something, if you're thinking I could delegate something, you probably believe that statement is true. It's better for for us to assign something to our directs permanently and to have them mess it up than for us to keep doing it. There's benefits, as you say, managerial economics 101. If both a manager and direct can do something, by definition, the direct should be doing it. And we don't use the word should very often around here just because it saves the company money to free up the time from the manager. If you're willing to delegate, you probably believe the statement that I said. But conversely, right? if you don't believe that to be true, it's likely you're not delegating much. Yeah. And I, I think there's a heavy contingent out there, listeners of ours, who lean toward what we would call a high C, a little bit more of a perfectionist, a little bit more of I can do it and I need to do it. And, uh, you know, we've told stories before of people who hoard everything and say, no, no, it's my job. And 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 the tragedy of the, the, the manager tragedy that 
doesn't learn how to delegate and then wonders why he can't become an executive or when he does, he fails. But look, folks, we could re-argue that case. We don't want to do it here, you know, but think about it for a minute. How do you think people learn how to do things? It's not by you teaching them. It's actually by them doing it. All the teaching you do is moot until your direct or somebody else whom you're teaching starts actually doing something. You standing in front of one of your team members and teaching them something is nice intellectually. And them understanding intellectually is, is good. But it is not the learning of the thing. The learning of the thing comes from doing. There's an old Montessori saying. I've heard it in the U.S., but I don't think the... The, uh, the Montessori concept invented, was invented in the U.S. I want to say it's French, but I could be wrong. There's an old saying that the parent that keeps tying the shoelaces of the child who can already tie their own shoelaces is just in the way. And for most of us as managers, we're in the way far too much with our directs. Folks, we know there's risk of giving something to a direct and being in trouble. We're not arguing that. We would like to suggest that, that there's a different form of risk that you're living with right now, that because you're comfortable, the risk recedes from view. And that risk is that you're not doing something that would add more value, even if your boss doesn't necessarily see it. And the reason you're not is because you're fully busy. And we know you're fully busy because everybody's always telling us how busy they are. And yet, you know, I still remember the time, Mike, where we decided we had been doing casts, uh, manager tools casts for a while, and every once in a while we threw a career cast in there. And then we realized that, you know, gosh, we have too much. We'll never get through everything. And um, Wendy was helping us, and I knew I wanted Wendy for, to work for us for full time. And I said, okay, and I started writing two casts a week. And before I was doing manager tools and career tools casts both, it was hard, but mm-hmm. before I started doing them, I was busy. Then I started writing two, and somehow I made everything work. I'm sure there were some things that dropped on the floor, but apparently they weren't as important as career tools because career tools became hugely popular and helped us achieve our mission. And I wasn't doing it before, and I started doing it, and suddenly things stopped getting done. And I could argue that I would never give away the writing of a cast except to somebody as good as Wendy. And as it turned out, I said, you're going to do them, and you're doing them now. And it took her, I think, three or four weeks, and then she started doing them. I remember there for a while, I could tell the difference between the ones she wrote and the ones you wrote. And I remember the time I had a conversation, dude, you wrote a great cast here. This is a great cast. And you chuckled and you smiled and said, I didn't write it. Uh, and that was, that was the turning point, right? And it, and it took a few weeks. Yeah. It didn't happen immediately. But guess what? Now she's doing it every single time. And you don't have to do it. Yeah. And there are tens of thousands of people who don't know that, that she does it, that don't hear us remind them of that periodically. And we struggle with it for probably a month and then it was fine. And I gained all kinds of time back, which allowed us to serve more clients and create more products and so on. So for most of us, we're in the way in our own heads with our directs. Um, and we feel so strongly about this, folks. We don't care how hard the thing is you're asking of your directs. Until you've asked them to do it and they have failed distinctly and even maybe with some risk, as I like to say, distinctly and dangerously, we will not believe you. Please, we're not casting aspersions, but we will not believe you if you tell us that your directs can't do something. We just won't. And that's our way of saying we believe you're underestimating the capability of your directs or the risk of quality loss if they fail the first time. Yeah. And folks, like we know it's hard to hear that. And we're sorry. We don't, like Mark said, we're not trying to cast aspersions. But the vast majority of the time, 
managers tell us they tried something. They tried delegating it, and their directs did just fine, sometimes to the surprise of the manager. 99% of the time, it works just fine. And look, one failure out of 100, you got to be willing to take that. Yeah, and I think the boss who delegates some work and says, no, I'm not going to take some of it back. And then when the person stumbles, goes, okay, good lesson, right? I guess we need to do a cast mic. I never thought about it. What do we do when we delegate something in the direct messes up? Oh, We've alluded to it a thousand times, which is you're right. let it go. <laughs> let it go. Uh, you probably overestimate the gap between the quality of their work and the quality of your work. Even if you don't overestimate it, it's still probably not so much that it's a it's a existential risk on your part. And the risk is short-lived because they'll get better, but you get the benefit forever, right? The right. additional time. So we probably need to do something on that. Here's a cliff notes for those people until, until the actual cast comes out. Feedback, let it go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. It is better for them to do it wrong in order for them to learn how to do it right through trial and error than it is for you to do it again the way you already know how to do it. There's no learning going on there. So tell them that. Tell them that's the whole point of this. For you to mess it up a couple of times, I've got your back, okay? It's better for you to do it to mess it up than it is for me to do it right. I'll give you some feedback if you mess it up and I'll give you some positive feedback if you do it well. And it's just feedback and I know there's risk and it's okay. It's better for you to do it, take some risk, the risk is with me and I trust you and we'll be okay. It's better for you to do it and mess it up than it is for me to do it right. And and believe me, folks, we're not saying, we're not recommending you say it's better for you to do it than for me to do it right. What we're saying is it's better for you to do it and mess it up. In other words, you're sending a clear message. I'm already knowing that you're going to not do it as well as me. Okay. I already know that. And I'm assigning it knowing full well, this is going to happen. And that will reduce some of the fear that directs might have, which causes them to want to have you make that phone call or do part of the deck or whatever it is. Yeah, there you go. There's another lesson that a lot of directs don't get right away, right? Is that there's value in them doing it even if they screw it up, Yeah, right? And the fact is most of the time they're going to be, they're going to be okay, even if they screw it up. Right. But even if they don't do it terribly well, the hidden benefit of them doing it is that you're not doing it. And it's okay for you to share that with them, right? You just tell them, look it, you're doing it. And because you're doing it, I am not doing it. And that's the whole point of the delegation. Yeah. Saying, I believe in you enough that I can trust you to do this. And because you're doing it, I can work on other stuff. And if you mess up, I'll be the first to know. And the only way you can learn is to mess up. And I'm telling you, I trust you to both learn it, to mess it up and to do it probably just fine. And I'll be here to answer questions, but I won't be here to take back part of the delegation. That doesn't serve our purposes here. Okay. Again, you're not doing your directs any favor, guys, by saying, oh, I'll just dole out part of it a little bit at a time. There are plenty of directs. Say, oh, just give me the whole thing. Really? Now, we're going to go back to the caveat we started with. There are times when you can do a favor for your directs. But again, now is not the time when you're first delegating something. The whole point of this is that they make some small mistakes for a short period of time. You have their back. There's not going to be any punishment. And even though there's a short bit of risk, quality risk or time risk on their part, the benefit lasts forever. And from an ROI perspective, if there's a little bit of risk for a short period and there's a long period of benefit, it's real hard to argue with making that kind of investment. Real hard. Yeah, I agree. That's it. Look, folks, I know this is probably an oversimplistic cast, and, and really what we try to do is exhort you to delegate more. But look, 
when they ask you to, to take some of it back, say, no, you can do that. Or say, it's better for you to do it and mess it up than for me to do it right. And then tell them that them doing it and you not doing it is the whole point. That's the value of delegation long-term. We're being specific here. We don't mean to insult your intelligence. We know you know intellectually. There I go with the air quotes again on air. We know you know not to take some of it back. But we also know you feel a little bit guilty and you want to help. You want to be a helpful boss. And we're recommending in this case, stand firm, say no. The mistakes that your directs make are part of the lesson. Taking back some of the lesson to make it easier degrades the lesson. And that's not a good plan because they'll do fine. They will. Absolutely. All right, my friend. Thank you. You bet, partner. All right. We'll see you. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.